All set to go to answer your home improvement type of questions, either by phone or by text. Good morning to you, Andy Lindis. Good morning, Denny. How's your day going? Uh, so far, so good. But, you know, it's, they say it's early. <laughs> Any, anything can happen. <laughs> exactly. There's an attitude for you. Uh, we, uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've been doing this show for, I can't even remember how many years now, Andy. Uh, many, many years. And our thanks to Linda's Construction for uh, helping you out today, our listeners out, either by phone or by text. Let me give you that one number. That's all that, that it takes to either chat with Andy or send Andy your text, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Call it in or text it in this hour on our home improvement show. Well, we've had uh, some, uh, needless to say, interesting weather this week. How did that mm-hmm. affect you, all your crews, Andy? You know, uh, for the most part, we were able to accomplish everything that we set out to. We got a little slowed down with the snow and the sleet, with uh, with traffic and getting to and from jobs, but. You know, uh, we're hoping this is going to be short-lived, and we just had to make some adjustments last week, but we're, we're planning on rolling ahead, full steam ahead next week, and it looks like we're going to get a little bit of warmer weather in the, the long-range form cast, so hopefully we don't uh, end up with an early, early winter. We're still holding out hope that November is going to be a big month for being able to get some of these jobs done. I was thinking about you guys, Lindis, when I, I read this uh, forecast every week, and uh, it looks pretty good this coming week. Again, it's from this point. But it looks like Monday through Friday, no mention of any precipitation and a gradual warm-up. In fact, I'm hearing maybe back to an average high of the following week in the 50s. So that should yeah. help out big time. Should help out a lot. So I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see. Uh, somebody, uh, we're already getting text messages. By there's a line open if you want to call in your question to Andy and chat with him. 651-989-9226. Uh, texter wants to know, is there any type of structural support that can be added to the inside of garage doors so if they're backed into, they won't destroy the base of the garage door? I know that's happened to somebody Somebody I know. They uh, backed out and forgot to open the door. But that's a whole other story. Uh, do you know anything? And I know you've worked with uh, with uh, various garage door companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen or heard of such a thing? I don't know if, he, if he's talking about bracing the framing around the door so you don't break the framing or the actual door. I don't think you can brace a door or structurally improve an actual garage door enough where backing into it with a vehicle is going to save it in, in anything. Yeah. I think you're, I think the best bet is to make sure the garage door is up all the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First bit of advice. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the... I just had new garage doors installed and brand new wrap. Um, uh, this is, I don't know, a decade ago on, on a house I had. And I got these uh, shallow water anchors put on a boat of mine, Denny. Yeah. And not only, and, and they sticks up farther than anything else on the boat. And I'm backing it in. Not only did I break my shallow water anchor, I wrecked oh. the new wrap and, and oh. the garage door. Um, the garage door was up too, but I, I didn't hear it hit and I just get it all on the garage door. Brand new garage doors, brand new thing. It was a... Uh, oh. It's one of the biggest boneheaded moments of my of my life, and I've had a few where I've 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 wrecked stuff of my own. So, you know, stuff happens, and and that's why I have uh, Casey at uh, Blackhawk Garage Door on on speed dial. So when when I wreck stuff, he comes up and fixes it. Things we do in our lives, and yes, it helps other people become employed and stay employed. <laughs> exactly, for sure. Uh, the texter wants to know: Is Lindis? And this is a question I wanted to ask: Is still putting leaf guard gutters on? For the next month, 
Oh, what we hope so. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we, we installed most of the winter last year, Denny, and, and when it comes to guttering, really the only, only thing we have to worry about is how much snow and ice is on the actual roof itself. And sometimes with the snow and ice around the actual house, it makes setting up scaffolding a dangerous and very difficult task. So, but we train on that, and uh, sometimes it takes us a little bit longer, and we have to go a little bit slower. The daylight, uh, you know, jobs uh, when you have, you know, 18 hours of daylight, it seems like during the summer where you can work sun up to sundown. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's 5 o'clock, it's dark coming up here. Um, some, some of these one-day jobs might actually take two. But yeah. we just work our way through it and work a little bit slower and go from there. Absolutely. All right, 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. That's the text number. Speaking of phones, let's go to the phones. Mike is calling in from Lake Elmo, I believe, this morning. Mike, you're on with Andy Lindis. Hello, Mike. Okay. Are you hey, there, Mike? Mike? How about Dan in Maple Grove? Is Dan in Maple Grove there? Uh, yes, I am. All right, go ahead with your question. Well, I live in a townhome complex here in Maple Grove, and right now they're up uh, shoveling the snow off the roof here. I'm just wondering if there's any problem with uh, doing the re-roof in this kind of weather. They've already postponed it once this week because due to the weather, and now being, you know, it's only in the 20s, I'm wondering if there's any problem with the uh, adhesion of the shingles. No, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, looking at the long-range forecast, uh, the the glues should activate. Now, I don't know what brand of shingles that they're using on the roof. So, Owens Corning? Yeah, well, regardless of the weather, um, you might <laughs> might have some troubles. But uh, that's, uh, I might be a little bit biased because I'm a big GAF guy. All I know is uh, the GAF, the new HGZ shingle, you can install it in uh, down to 10 degrees because of the the wind warranties that are on it. But typically, if you get a couple of days of 40 degrees, most shingles, the glue will activate and should pull down. So just watch it, and if they blow off, make them come out and redo it. You're right about those GAF shingles, though. What a magnificent product that is. What The, the, the good stuff they make is, is just phenomenal. Oh, um, and, and, and I'm telling you, Danny, I haven't seen the flight to quality like we have in, in 2020. And what I mean by that is... GAF has done a better job of sourcing everything and managing COVID better than any of the other shingle manufacturers in the country. And there's a reason why there's people that have never used GAF because it's a little bit more expensive. It's more expensive because it's a better shingle, plain and simple. But now it might be the only shingle you can get. So all of these contractors around the country are flocking to GAF. And, and I know they're worried about supply next year. They're, they're talking about 2021 being a really rough year for sourcing shingles at some of these major manufacturers. And I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for GAF and I'm excited that, that I already have 2021 locked in and bought. So I'm not going to have to worry about shortage of shingles, but I think it's going to get marketably worse in the roofing world before it gets better. Wow. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Well, I'm glad that Lindis is, is proactive and ahead of the game here. Uh, tell you what, let's let's take this break. We'll invite our listeners again. We have textures. We have phone callers, 651-989-9226. I see a line open if you want to chat with Andy instead of texting or send a text. Same number, 651-989-9226. Uh, it's uh, 916 in the morning on a Saturday here on CCO. We've moved up a couple of degrees to 26 right now. We're heading to near 32. And as I said, maybe by the end of the week, we'll be around 
42 by Friday. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our home improvement show. If you have a, any kind of a home improvement question, call it in or text it in. It is the exact same number, 651-989-9226. Andy Lindis, as usual, helping you out this morning. Andy, I'm looking at a text, and I think they sent you some pictures. Let me just read the text, and we can follow up. Uh, we have lived in our new remodeled home for a year. We noticed an unusual moisture pattern on our LP smart side outlining the stud structure on 30-degree mornings recently. Is this something for concern? And I know they sent you some uh, photos. How would you respond to that, Andy? I apologize. I did not see your email, but I found it now, and I'm looking at it, and it's it's pretty obvious uh, of what's happening here. What you're seeing there is a difference of R value between the, the wood that is used in framing your wall and the insulation in the wall. So... The, there, there's probably a warmer surface where those studs are coming in contact with the LP smart side. And what you're seeing there is condensation happening. The dew point outside gets to a point where the, that air meets a cold surface and condensates. And if it's a warmer surface, it doesn't happen as much. So that's why you're seeing the striping exactly where the studs are in your wall. The nice part is with the, the type of siding you have, moisture isn't going to be an issue. The type I don't know what type of finish you have. If it's the diamond coat finish, you shouldn't have to worry about that. We see this on all types of siding, vinyl, steel, LP, hardy, all of it can do this when the dew points get to a, to a certain area. I think in our area of the world, up here in the upper Midwest, we, we see this a little bit more than, than most because of the wide range of, of temperatures. Maybe there are some options that you can do. Um, one of the things that we've noticed, Denny, is when we install LP Smart Side, we're also installing the Insultex House Wrap. And the Insultex House Wrap has an R6. It's five millimeters thick, so you don't have to build out your windows. And we've noticed that that cuts down. It, it, it makes the whole wall a little bit. You're giving an extra R6 to the entire wall, so you're, you're making those dew points. That condensation level is going to be even harder to reach. Well, that's good news. All right, uh, we have callers, Andy. We have textures. Let's go back to the phones, excuse me. And Mike is calling from Lake Elmo. Go ahead, Mike, with your question. Good morning, Andy. We've had a couple of incidents of small pin-sized holes in our copper pipes in our basement. Um, mm. Can we expect to have more of this? Should we be proactive and spend the money and tear out those copper pipes or just hope for the best? Um. If it's something that's happening on a regular basis, then it would give me concern. The, the you know, the fix and, and, and dealing with it isn't that, that big of a deal unless you don't see it when it happens. And that, that, that leaving a pinhole of water can cause a lot of damage when it's left unchecked. So it's something you're going to want to at least monitor. Have you, um, do you have any type of an alarm system in your house at all? No, no alarm system. Um, These pinholes are separated by a year. They were a year apart. Okay. Uh, the reason I asked about the alarm system is a lot of them have a water sensor you can put in the area. So if, if, if the water hits that area or if flooding is happening, you're going to get an alert on your phone so it won't be left unchecked very often. I would uh, at least have a, a, a professional, a plumber, come out and, and do a, a full inspection on everything and, and give you his two cents. He might be able to tell you what's going on or why, the, why that's happening. I'm Without really getting into it and digging into it, it would be tough for me to say, yeah, rip it all out or you're going to be okay. I know there's some steps you can take, though, to make sure you're going to be, if, you, if it does pinhole again, you can 
make sure it's addressed right away. Yeah, good idea. Thanks, Mike. Line is open if you want to call in your home improvement question, 651-989-9226. Go to Minnetonka. I think Karen is waiting there. Karen, you are on with Andy Lindis here on CCO. Thank you. Hi, Andy. I have all uh, Lindis gutters on my house, and um, everybody gives me a different answer to this question. I always wonder, in the winter, do I mm-hmm. drop these um, these drain pipes, I guess you call them, that extend out? I love the pipes, uh, those pipes you do, but... I never know whether I should put them up or leave them down in the winter. You know, um, I put mine up mainly because they get covered with snow and then they're going to get smashed. Someone's going to walk on them or I'm going to run them over with, with something. It's just, just what I do. Now, if it's an area of your house you're really worried about, about the draining, then, 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 then leave them down. But typically in the wintertime, I would say either remove them altogether uh, or you can tilt them up. So what, what she's talking about, Danny, is those hinge extensions we have so you don't have to pull them off and on, off and on all the time. Mm. It, it's, it's one of the, my favorite things about LeafGuard is, is because what I've noticed is every time you're pulling an extension off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on, pretty much you eventually are going to wear on that metal. And you can either use like a two-headed nail and, and put that in there so, so it holds, or it's going to blow off in the wind, and you're not going to notice it. It's going to end the neighbor's house, and you're going to get a torrential rain and spend all this money on gutters, and all of a sudden the water's draining right next to your foundation again. But in the wintertime, I either remove them or put them up. Is, is that pretty common? I mean, do people, when they request LeafGuard gutters from Lindis, uh, do, they, uh, do, they go, do they opt for those versus others? Yeah, we, 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 it's pretty much standard on all of our, our downspouts uh, outside of underground systems that we use. We have a couple different landscapers that we use with. We'll put a pop-up systems. We can go underneath the sidewalks, and, um, you know, sometimes that's just the best option. Every now and then, the, the way the landscaping is and the house is designed, you're really not safe until you get the water 20, 30 feet away from your house, and, and doing that with an aluminum downspout across the yard is aesthetically unpleasing and and usually not a recipe for long-term success yeah well here's a person who's uh has a labor of love and i'm not sure if it's the right time of year it says andy if we have some warmer weather what temp do i need to stain my deck or shouldn't i do that also what is your go-to stain we've talked about Uh, that over the years yeah our go-to stain uh is the oil-based penafin or sickens but uh, we lean towards penafin over the last five years a lot more Mm-hmm. And for for me, it's going to be in that forty to fifty degree range. If you got a couple of three days where it's going to be be that weather, like what it's what sand maybe ten seven to ten days down the road, I I wouldn't be afraid to stain my deck. Oh, okay. I guess I would do the opposite, but that's but again, I'm looking it, at the forecast. <laughs> I, you know, but is it going to be highs in the fifties? Well, that's what some people are predicting. We, as I said, by the end of the week, we could be. See, our high temperature right now, the average should be in the 50s, but it's not, yeah. obviously. Uh, no. Maybe 42 by Friday. I don't know. I, 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 I would think about it maybe the week following this coming. So maybe the second week in, uh, in uh, November. But uh, that's cutting it pretty close, in my opinion. Yeah. I, all I know, Denny, is I, I haven't pulled out the warm weather gear this early in a long time. I mean, it was, it's been chilly. Oh, yeah. Well, and speaking of the forecast, we're going to take a look at that here in moments. I'm going to alert our uh, phone callers. Hang on the line. Texters, we're going to grab your questions for Andy 
when we come back after the break. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226 for your home improvement type of questions. Here on News Talk 830, WCCO. All right, welcome back to our home improvement show. We are around uh, every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour, thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction. Andy Lindis helping you out today. And, again, we have callers and we have texters, Andy. Uh, and, again, if there is a line open, if you want to use it, 651-989-9226. Let's go to Fergus Falls. I think Dick has been waiting there. Dick, thank you for waiting. Uh, what's your question for Andy? Uh, thank you. Question about decking and winter snow. We've got a pressure-treated brown wood deck. Should that be cleared of snow throughout all winter, or can snow build up and melt off in the spring? What uh, What's the uh, uh, situation with that? Well, uh, school of two thoughts. Um, either you're gonna you can damage the finish by scraping snow shovels on it, so if you're careful with that. But that that snow staying on the deck eventually can wear on it too. The, uh, it is brown treated. It is treated wood, so it can come in contact with moisture. Having said that, the the more moisture it comes in contact with, it, the the least it's. The, for me, when it when it comes to decking, it's it's remove remove the snow. Can it can it be fine with it? Yeah, but I, I'm going to take the snow off of it. I just think uh, it's a better better way to go. Okay. Line is open, 651-989-9226, or if it's easier, send a text with that same number. Uh, let's go to Minnetonka. I think Barbara has been waiting there. Barbara, what is your question for Andy? So my question is, my house is was built in 1960s, and I needed more uh, insulation in the attic because I have icicles hanging down and ice buildup. So I, ha- I hired a company, and I asked, specifically what they can do and this person the salesperson said you won't be able to see any icicles anymore so they just blew in the insulation and now i have the same problem as before i spilled up and an icicle hanging down and the person finally came after calling them so many weeks he came with his camera, and there's a lot of heat la- uh, heat loss around the chimney and in the pipe. So can they seal the air leaks after they have put in the insulation? That company should have told me the process, how they do it. I did call several companies, and they told me before they put new insulation in, they would seal the air leaks. So... That's my question. Can they do that afterwards? Uh, yeah, they might have to blow in more insulation. Um, I don't know what type of insulation they use, but remember the R value is kept from part. Of, a big part of the R value is the air that's trapped inside that insulation. So as you trample it down, as you're up there working in the attic, you might have to re-blow in more insulation to get the R to the, back to the desired R value. And Danny, this is the the biggest mistake that insulators make around the around the cities. And I really do think it should be more code than than there should be more codes written for it. And and I'm the last guy that tells you that we need more codes. But <laughs> what I'm seeing in the cities um, with insulators is it's they're doing more harm than good at times. They're they're creating a colder surface, making condensation easier to happen because they're not addressing the air leaks, attic air sealing is 75% 
of the issue. I truly do believe that. If especially if you have a house that leaks airs, if if you don't address the the warm air that's going in the insulation, I don't care if you blow in an R hundred, you're going to end up with an ice dam again. So that that's that's step one is sealing off the attic. That's why when when we talk insulation in attic, our, our favorite thing to do is to take out all of the old insulation. One, we can see everything then. Nothing is hidden. Yes, with infrared imaging and the things that we can do, a lot of that, a lot of that can be found even without removing the insulation. But you know, it's it's you're starting with a clean surface, and now you can, if you're not going to put down two and a half inches of spray foam on the entire attic, you can really do a good job of attic air sealing, and then and then blow in everything else. And and chances are, if the house is built in the '60s, it doesn't have a vapor barrier, so that's that might be the problem. But it was uh, the these these insulators. They, they one, it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more work to do it, but they, they, they're causing more harm than good. I, I truly do believe that. That's why, when chances are, when we come out and look at an insulation project, Denny, that that, that we're going to be the first ones talking about that, and our number might be twenty to thirty-five percent more than everyone else, but we're doing a, a a much larger job and and a much better job. Well, there's something over the years that you've uh, addressed, and that is uh, not just insulation, but ventilation. Where does what role does that play in this particular case? Would you say the chimney? It, yeah, sorry, Danny, or, or I just lost the there. house itself. I mean, just like you said, just blowing in insulation is not the answer necessarily. But you also said ventilation is is an important part of the whole process. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that needs to be addressed. But if they're seeing the hot spots, like uh, on on the chimney, and and it very well could be a ventilation thing. So look at it this way, Denny. If you don't have the proper intake, that air is going to have to come from somewhere. So your attic might be actively trying to pull air up that pipe and up that chimney. This is why it's really important to have the the, the proper push to pull ratio, sixty forty. So you're getting air coming in where you want it to, the soffits, and then the air leaving where you want it to, which would be your roof vents. All right, 651-989-9226. Here's a text came in a bit ago. It says, how do you install grab bars in a 7-year-old Sterling Advantage shower enclosure with a textured curved wall? What would you think the process is there? Well, if it's the the shower insert, I think it's it's more of a plasticky type material. Um, Just... What I know with with the the amount of aging in place and remodeling we've done over the last five years, when it when it comes to installing things like this, the most important part is going to be the anchoring system and making sure that you're anchoring into solid wall. If you try to anchor that into the actual shower itself, you're going to grab onto it and you're going to have a false sense of confidence and and you'd you'd be better off with that that grab bar. If it pulls loose, you could really get hurt then. So just make sure that when you're going in to the wall that you're going into a solid surface, a stud of some sort. That that's where those need to be attached. And when for for me, any of those services that you're going to do, you're going to start with a small drill bit and 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 make sure you're drilling pilot holes so you don't crack the surface. Good idea. 651-989-9226. You want to call in your question uh, or send a text, same number. Let's go back to the phones, uh, Andy. I think Bob is there calling on a cell phone. Bob, Andy is listening. What's your question? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I got a very brief question about uh, installing a furnace in a cabin that I have. Um, 
The old furnace was installed upside down to accommodate floor-based heating or floor venting. And I'm wondering if uh, putting a, a new one in right side up is uh, feasible or if I should put another one in the same way the old one was. Boy, oh boy, um, I'm not sure how to answer that, to be honest with you. I haven't heard of one being installed upside down, but I'm not an HVAC professional. For me, there's so many things that can go wrong with HVAC that installing it myself, I, I just I just won't. I've, 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 well, Denny, you, you've had to have the fire department out to your house when the CO alarms went off. Oh, yeah. And I, I've heard stories of this, and if there's, if there's a cause of it, it's usually furnaces or, um, you know, uh, I know there's been some fixes on furnaces that people have done that that bypass certain securities that that make sure the furnace will shut down when things are aren't combusting the right way. That's caused issues, and so for I just for me, I'm going to hire a professional to to install it and, and 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 go from there. I can look on online and and see what kind of texts I get in the next uh, 20 minutes or so if I can get you any advice. But I really don't know how to answer that, Denny. Have you ever heard of a furnace being installed upside down? No. I never have. I wonder uh-uh. if uh, if our listeners have had, because we always have such great listeners anyway, if they have experienced such a thing. I have never heard of that before. How can you do um, that? I, I don't know. Speaking of not experiencing anything, uh, I saw that, that text about the copper pinholes. Oh, so yeah, I, I took a picture of it and sent it out to a, a group of uh, home improvement individuals just to see, have you guys ever heard of this? Because I just want to make sure that the, the, the texture isn't... Um, making me try to read something that's wildly false, but it, it can happen. It happened to my brother's house. He thinks it's from lightning strike on his main line. Electricity mm. caused holes into his copper pipe. So what the texture said was run a meter on your, your plumbing pipes to see if there's any type of current. It could be a bad ground or something somewhere, that, and that, that, that current can cause pinholes in the copper. And I just got it verified from one of my plumbing buddies that that, that can be an issue. It has happened. It's pretty rare, but it might be something worth checking out. I should say, well, thanks for that input. That's good. Never heard of that myself. Uh, Let's see. Here's a text. It says, our home was built in 1955. We have a limestone fireplace facade. It is starting to tip uh, off the wall. There are no cracks in the walls or the foundation under the fireplace, which makes me think this is cosmetic, but I'm not sure. There are cracks in the mortar between the limestone blocks. External is fine. It's a gas insert. What should I do, Texter says. What do you think? It more than likely is a, a, a cosmetic thing for, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's that, that, that limestone isn't doing – it's not part of the chimney. They have a gas insert. So it's not, it's not a functional chimney at all. It's just it's, – it's aesthetics. So I would get a, a brick person out or a, a stone person out and see what they can do to fix it. Chances are that something has settled. Either the mortar has gone away, and that's why it's settling slowly down. And as it goes down, it pulls away from the wall. My guess is it's closer to the wall at the bottom than it is at the top. And th- there are ways to re-anchor that and redo that. And a good stone person is going to be able to come out and address it. And if it, left, it gets left unchecked, it will get worse. This isn't something that it's, it's going to go away. It will get worse, and eventually you're going to, it's going to cost a lot of money. You might be able to salvage all the stone and everything now. So I would get a stone guy out and get his opinion on it and go from there. That's a good idea. Andy, we need to take a quick break. Let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, call it in or text it in, which is ever easier for you. Same number, 651 989 
9226. We'll be back with more Home Improvement Talk here on News Talk A3O-WCCO. All right, we're welcome back to our Home Improvement Show around every Saturday, thanks to Linda's Construction here in the 9 o'clock hour on CCO. Uh, Andy, we have callers and uh, we have texters, so let's uh, see how many folks we can help out here before we run out of time. I think Wendy is calling in from Robinsdale. Wendy, are you uh, ready to ask your question, please? I am. Hey, good morning. So I am helping a friend of mine remodel a four-season room that's attached to her home. It was an addition. And we have to pull the whole subfloor because she had um, she had a, a sick pet in the house and he ruined the floors. And beneath there is not insulated. And the crawl space is too small to crawl in from the basement. Can you tell me how I could insulate that floor prior to putting the new subfloor down? Hmm. You, you should be able to install some batting. And um, there's no way of crawling underneath. How... how, how... It's How much is the, this space? Yeah, it's, it's about it's about six seven inches, and I, I didn't know if I should put plastic down over the earth beneath there so that moisture can't come up. I was going to put batting down, but I didn't know if I needed to find a way to staple the batting, you know, below the joist somehow, or I mean the the plastic below the joist. Yeah, um, you, I would want some type of a vapor barrier. I would put plastic on on, on the ground and then try to put a batting in there and just make sure it's sealed up um does she have any had any moisture issues when you're when you're pulling it up did it look like there was any type of moisture issues in in the actual bracing itself at all no not at all i was very surprised right. actually good so i think all you're right. going to well, be that, safe typically for like on, on these crawl spaces what, what we like to do is get underneath there and spray foam it that's going to be your best bet for for moisture control and everything but a lot of times we're we're doing that in conjunction with humidification systems to try to remove any of the moisture coming out from the earth okay thanks wendy appreciate the call wendy leaves that line open at 651-989-9226 let's go to rogers oh. i think gg uh, my insulator says do not do not use um bats in, in that floor i just I, that's the first thing that came to mind if you can't get in there but he still still says get a froth pack and spray foam it if you can Oh, all right. Nice follow-up there. All right, yeah, you got to like it that, that my plumbers and insulators are listening to the show, Danny. They are. <laughs> We're glad. Glad they uh-huh. can get some extra help there. Gigi, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Andy? Installing Trex um, decking, how cold can it? How cold can the temperatures be when you're installing Trex decking? How low can the temperatures be? You know, um, I'm not 100% uh, sure of that. I know that we install our composite decking in, in a wide variety, variety of temperatures. There's just installation techniques you have to take into consideration when you're installing them. Um, like can take my Zuri deck, for example. Now, we installed that not by design, but it really worked out well because it was, one of the, it was three years ago. It was the second hottest day of the year and one of the coldest days of the year that, that we, we did it. I, we were installing it on days that we couldn't install real customers' houses for, for whatever reason. So it was, we piecemealed it over four months. We finished this deck. And, and what you have to know about composite decking is the expansion contraction rate is going to be a lot greater than wood. So there's things you have to take into consideration when you're installing them. For instance, when it's really cold, chances are that that, that material is going to be at its smallest point. So when you're installing it, you have to take that into consideration. All right, very good. Thank you, Gigi. Again, 651-989-9226. Let's grab a text. It says this, a few square shingles blew off the roof from the high winds. I think 
they are from the row that goes along the top peak. Is this an emergency fix? There is snow on the roof. Um, it should be. And when I say emergency, it's something you're going to want to get addressed uh, soon. When I say soon, next month or so. It's not something that if you don't get it done today, it's probably not going to be a big deal. But if it rains and moisture does get in there, I mean, that's what's protecting the house. So you do have a chance of water getting gets on the roof where those shingles are, are no longer in place. Water can get into your attic, can wreck insulation, it can start to rot away wood. But this isn't DEFCON 5 by any stretch of the imagination, but it's something you're going to want to get addressed relatively soonly. What's the deal with a ridge vent? I know you've addressed it over the years on this show. Explain to our listeners what that is and, and kind of what it looks like. Oh, I think we lost Andy. Hey, Denny, you there? Oh, yeah, there you are. Sorry, sorry. What was that again? No, I was, we, we've talked about a ridge vent as a follow-up uh, for years, but for those that don't know what that is, what, uh, kind of describe that for, for us. Well, it's becoming more of the standard in, in roofing, and it has been for us for, for most of a decade. But what it is is ensuring that at the highest point of the roof is where the ventilation is going to happen. So where the peak of the roof is, we're going to install a vent that runs continuously along that edge to make sure at the highest point of the roof you're, you're able to figure it out. And uh, I apologize. That this, I haven't been able to answer a couple of questions about HVAC and electricity. But uh, I have a wide variety of, of professionals with me at all times that are listening to this and, and, and help me along the way. And I try to do my best. I know I've upset a guy about uh, via text here, Denny. I'm, I'm reading that I'm not as a much of a professional. But, no, this, uh, we're one of the, the best all-around construction companies in the Twin Cities. And what I pride myself on is I have 155 craftsmen working for me on a regular basis that do everything they possibly can to make our customers happy. Am I going to be able to answer all questions? Uh, No, but when it comes to roofing, siding, windows, decking, uh, gutters, interior modeling, most most everything, I think I can can hold my own. When it comes to HVAC, yeah, uh, a downflow furnace isn't going to be something that I'm very very familiar with uh, pinholes in copper i you know i, I haven't dealt with that uh, a lot so and uh, now i know and I, I won't ever forget now denny no i mean the, we get some new stuff all the time on this show that that, that uh, most of us uh quote normal folks if there's if that's such a term uh, uh unlike some of the professionals out there but uh we always and, and, and there's the going effort. to be di- differing opinions on everything. I, I, I'm still not sold that we can't use bats in, in that area. My insulator says no, but you only have eight inches of space. I really don't know how you can get in there and, and foam that area. They might be better off with, with a foam on, on the base of the actual subfloor, uh, but I don't know how that would be possible to attach everything. It's just getting in there to insulate it is going to be tough, and I think that was probably designed as a three-season porch at one point, so you weren't going to heat it and make it a a a, a heatable space, and and without insulating that floor, it's going to be very tough to make that a comfortable room in the wintertime. Yeah, here's a text, Andy. It says our new construction master bath is cold compared to the rest of the house. Uh, only heat vent is under the sink vanity. Seems maybe cold coming in through the bath vent fan over the toilet area. Is there something we can do about this? The shower area is chilly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what I've seen a lot of times, Denny, is if they're running their bath fan, 
remember that 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 air is, is it's removing air from your house so that's going to change the pressure in that area and it's going to try to bring in air wherever it can sometimes that's on an exterior wall or where the plumbing is in the bathroom if that's not sealed up so you're pulling in cold air from somewhere in those in those bathrooms and it's a problem we run into on, on a regular basis, and this is why insulators are they need to start addressing this on on a more regular basis to any air infiltration and attic air sealing and air sealing as a whole needs to happen. There's a reason why when we go out to insulating houses, we want to start in the basement. We want to look at the rim. We want to see how that is going to be affected by, by what we do. And then we want to make sure that we're – sometimes if you seal the attic and now you're bringing in air in a spot that it wasn't before. So you want to address the whole house. You can't just look at one thing of a house, part of a house, when it comes to insulating and ventilating. You need to look at the big picture. The entire envelope needs to be be thought about and addressed. Otherwise, you're not going to be doing the best job you possibly can. All right, Andy, we have about two minutes to go on the show here. Let me grab this uh, text if I can find it here. It says, good morning. We have a four-season room that's chilly in the winter. It's open to the rest of the house. Looking back, we should have heated the floor. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a single heat vent on the outside wall. Is there an effective way to heat the room from the crawl space? Um, no. Uh, outside of uh, running another vent in, into that area, chances are there's a lot of windows in this room. And not all windows are created equal. And those windows are going to be much colder than the actual wall itself. Unlike our, our Marvin and, and Season Guard, where our inside temperature is really similar to, to the wall. But a heated floor isn't a great option to make up for that in, this, in that area on its own separate thermostat. And when you redo the floor, putting down one of those electric mats with, with the flooring can go a long ways. And it can make a giant, giant difference. And it's actually, I think redoing the floor in the Four Season Porch might be cheaper than redoing the windows. So you might want to price it all both ways and see which way is going to make the most comfortable room that, that possible. And this is something that we, we try to address all the time because this when we build these four-season porches, Denny, they become the favorite spot of the house. It's the spot to go. And, and so it's really important that we make them comfortable in the wintertime because we, I mean, look, it's October and we're dealing with temperatures that were in the 20s already. And, uh, and so we have a long winter ahead of us, I think, here, and making sure our houses stay comfortable is important. 20 minutes to go, Andy. How do we get in touch with Linda's Construction? They can look us up on the web. 20 seconds. <laughs> Give me a, a, a long time here. Linda'sConstruction.com <laughs> or 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Of course, you can look us up on all of the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You name it, uh, type in Linda's, you'll find us. Good deal. Let's take a stab at this next week. I appreciate the help, Andy. All right. Thanks, so Thanks Danny. Appreciate Andy it. Andy Lindis, 1-800-LEAFGUARD, the easiest number to remember. It's the Retire Young Radio Show coming up straight ahead here on CCO. Right now, 26 is the temp. We're heading for a high of near 32. little snow overnight. You stay tuned to CCO. Right now, cloudy skies, west winds at 5. And again, our current temperature reading here in the Twin Cities, 26.